Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Jamie D and Big Newt bringing you all the Bills information that you could possibly want. I'm Jamie D'Amico, and that man over there, my tag team partner, the guy who's coming in at you off the top turnbuckle like Jimmy Superfly Snooka, with all that beautiful football knowledge, that's Big Chris Newton. How are you, big man? What's going on, JBD? You got to excuse me. I'm all jacked up off Reese's and Skittles <laughs> and all the Halloween candy my kids pilfered from the neighborhood. Oh, man. So how many bags of candy did they bring home? Well, both both of my kids had like the uh, <laughs> pillowcases and they both uh. were full. And Jalen was struggling bringing his bag in. Like he had a plentiful bounty. I tell you, man. <laughs> So, yeah, they, they go through our neighborhood, him and his friend, one of his teammates. They go through our neighborhood, and they go through his neighborhood, and they go to the uppity neighborhoods where they give out the whole candy bars. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, not just the fun size. Yeah, oh, yeah. We don't do – he's not a fun size kid, man. He's 5'3", 180 pounds, man. He Jesus. He ain't a fun <laughs> size kid. <laughs> I've never weighed 180 pounds in my life, and I'm six feet tall. Yeah, man. He's a – bruiser that kid yeah man you know he gotta eat man he likes to eat so you know (laughs) so do you guys just automatically discard the worthless halloween candy like the neko wafers and the charleston chew and that garbage well i was gonna talk to you about that if you got a moment man let's let's talk about halloween etiquette here in the let's do it all right man like my thing is the 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 Excuse me. The premium things that you bring in, the Snickers, the Twix, the 100 Grand, Crunch Bars, M&M's, and Kit Kats. All right? Those are all the... So, first of all, once you bring all the candy in, my wife and I go through all of it and make sure everything's on the up and up. Those are the premium things. And you know my kids have allergies, so they can't eat certain things, right? Oh, okay. So then my wife separates it, like the premium stuff, like the chocolate stuff, the stuff they can have, give them their bag, whatever. And then she got the stuff nobody really likes, right? Those are the things she takes to work, Mm. you know, and put it in her bowl for, you know, people to go through. And and what is in there? Uh, The stuff, like you said, like, I really don't do the milk does. Like, I really don't do the, um, the gummy, the, uh, Mm. the gummy. The the, dots. Yeah, like those things, you know, they will get eaten, but the premium stuff get eaten first. You see what I'm saying? You know, like hot tamales, like you, who gives out hot tamales? Like, yeah, those in hot fireballs and fun dip. 
You and, know, all those type deals. I'm sure. And don't get me wrong, I don't mean to insult any of our listeners. If you like those things, that's great. It's just I don't eat those. And yeah, I even with all the premium stuff going, I still wouldn't eat those things. So Okay, I'm going to put in I'm gonna add a second echelon. This will be tier number two for me, is Mounds, Almond Joy. And if you can find it, it's rare. Zagnut, which I really like. Right. And I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna throw sweet tarts in there. Exactly. I really don't do the mounds, the whole coconut thing. I really don't do that. I know they make a lot of money. They do well for themselves, but no, not over here. I don't I don't those the premium things are the things that get eaten up, man. I Did you include three musketeers and Nestle Crunch? In, in your premium category? I said Nestle Crunch. Good, okay, three, good. Not three musketeers. No. What about peanut butter cups? Love them, man. That falls under all the Reese's. All the Reese's stuff, man. Oh, I did okay. miss that. Reese's is like the number one thing on a premium list. Okay. The Reese's, man, and then you got the uh, the Reese's, like the eggs for Easter. They do like the Halloween ones, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, oh you like those? Oh, my God. Like is I, an understatement. I like my family. I love see, these things. I, <laughs> <laughs> see, I, I used to get those little uh, egg-shaped things and throw them at the younger kids because I didn't like them. Oh, I love those, man. The Reese's, man. That, y'all a guy, yeah. Yeah. Do you, uh, you get toilet papered? Did I get toilet paper? Yeah. Did anybody TP your trees or anything? What, did, like this year? You mean growing up or what do you No, getting? I mean this year. No, no. Nobody's TPing nothing around here. No way. Now, you live in a nice neighborhood, don't you? <laughs> Not as nice <laughs> as yours, my friend. Oh, uh, well, I just live around a lot of adults. No, we only TP, like homecoming, the singers get their t- house TP by the cheerleaders, but that's about it. Yeah. Oh, see, it's not an act Halloween. of love. Yeah, not for Halloween. No, not at all. <laughs> yep. Well, once again, we must digress because the things that we get talking about, they tend to be non-Bills related, but somehow we always bring it back. The Bills delivered us a treat on Sunday by beating the Dolphins 26-11, and the Bills... They came out flat. They didn't look very good through the entire first half of the game. And I was wondering if they were going to pull it off. And Gregory Wall, our fearless DC Bills backers leader, said, you know what this looks like? This looks like the games that the Bills played during the drought where they kept it close against a good team only to lose control of the game late. Well, that's exactly what happened here. The Bills put up... Seven points in the third quarter, 16 points in the fourth quarter to put the game away after scoring only three in the entire first half. That's how you do it. When you don't have your A game, you get her done one way or the other. But I would imagine you were pulling your hair out during this one. Yeah, I was pulling out my hairs and my goatee because you know I'm bald head. So (laughs) (laughs) I I was just sitting there watching the first half thinking to myself, all right, what are we going to talk about on the podcast? All right, we'll talk about Halloween, and then we'll do something about the history of the Buffalo Bills, like something like 20 years ago or something. Because I was like, nobody's going to want to talk about this game. But what's our mantra for this week, this year, my friend? It's always scrubs beat good teams every week. 
Mm-hmm. And the Jets found a way, <laughs> and they knocked off uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, who's a good team. Yep. All right. So I was just sitting there thinking that, and then went into halftime. I did some odds and ends, got a new drink, sat back down, and came back out second half, and we looked like the Buffalo Bills we know and love. Mm-hmm. You know. And the biggest change to me, and and this is the story of the game, was the usage of Cole Beasley. Cole mm-hmm. Beasley is the little anti-vaxxer that could. He is the guy <laughs> that they can always count on to move the chains. And when they get Cole Beasley involved, the Bills get first downs. It's just, it seems to be how it goes. In the first 22 minutes of the game, they connected with Cole Beasley one time for one yard. At the end of the game, he had 13 targets with 10 receptions and 110 yards. Turning it on in the second half with Cole Beasley absolutely changed the offense. Do you or do you not agree? You have to agree, man. And once again, excuse me, man. I just had a Sprite, man. (laughs) I'm just over here belching. Excuse me. Um, (laughs) You can keep that in, too. Yeah, I'm up here belching like, excuse me, man. Um, I had a Sprite for lunch. Diet Sprite. No sugar. Zero carbs. Um, (laughs) What? Isn't that funny how people eat like hamburgers and steak and everything that have like a Diet Coke or a Diet Sprite? Is that funny to you? Like, if you're thinking Diet Soda, you should be having a salad or something. Like, it's it, no, it's actually not funny to me because I very regularly will order a hamburger at a restaurant and get a salad on the side. And people are like, why don't you just get the fries too? And I'm like, because you got to stop somewhere. You got that's where you draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you go to McDonald's or you go to Popeye's, get the chicken sandwich, and be like, "Yeah, let me get that chicken sandwich, fries, and a diet coke." Like, I it, that's just funny. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's like wow. an oxymoron. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we came back. Getting back to the game, um, we came out second half and looked like a totally different team. We went in. What they were doing the first half, they was blitzing, and I don't think we were really prepared for that. And. What frustrated me, if you want to talk about the most frustrating part of the game, is when we tried to draw them off sides and it didn't work and it seemed like they didn't even have a play call. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. we're going to get through the jump offside. And it's funny because I deal with that with my child's 12U uh, Little League football team. Like, that's one of our things. We'll go up to the line. It's like, check with me. And it's like, hut, hut, hut. And we try to get them to jump off the uh, defense and jump off sides. And then it's like we get to celebrate like, yeah, yeah, because they jumped outside, but the ref didn't call it. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you got to keep playing. So it's two times during the year to where we got a flag for being off uh, false start when they jumped offside, but we start celebrating. But it works for us way more than it works for the Buffalo Bills. We didn't got defenses jumping offside at least twice every game because, once again, they're 12-year-old little kids and they can't sit still in the three-point stands. Mm-hmm. It very rarely works with us. So have you ever <laughs> had a moment where um, the center snaps the ball and the quarterback starts dropping back and starts pointing, uh, yelling at the ref to throw the flag, and then it doesn't happen, so he runs backwards 10 yards and takes a really bad sack? 
No, that does not happen with my 12-year-old team. That would that does not happen. Our quarterback, our QB1 has poise. It's just that that's frustrating. And so for us to just right. clean things up at halftime and look like the Buffalo Bills, that that felt good. But yeah, that that resonates with us cuz we do it all the time. Yeah, that was really inexcusable. They just they looked flat. They didn't look ready to play in the first half. It's almost like they they hadn't awakened yet from their week off. And I understand how that can happen, but, you know, Sean McDermott teams usually win coming off of a bye week. And this was no different, but it was a little bit more in doubt than I would have liked to see against a a team that has lost six in a row. But that said, I didn't give the Dolphins a fighter's chance in this game. But the truth of the matter is they're better than their record. They've lost some close games. They've gone to overtime and they haven't been able to pull it out. That's a young team that's trying to learn how to win and trying to figure out what to do with the pieces. It's the type of team that gets a head coach fired, really. Right. I totally agree. And and once again, man, you and I talk about this all the time. This sounds disrespectful and I own it. Once again, I look at I look at the Dolphins like a scrub team. They're one and seven now. I'm sure them coming to Buffalo, they wanted a lot more than us. I mean, let's mm-hmm. just be honest, man. I mean, it complacency to some extent always going to uh, set in. And even us as fans, like a lot of – they were born at some point. What you remember, was that like right before halftime mm-hmm. when we punted off? Or it was some part where the, you could hear the fans booing, you know, and it's like, you hear that on TV is like, how dare you boo? We're one of the best teams in the NFL. It's because we as fans have become complacent. We're right now, honestly, man, we're just waiting for January. We right now, we're just trying to play for home field. We just want to get to the playoffs because our season will be defined as that. We're not trying to get there for real. We're just trying to get the highest seed to get home games. We pretty much know with our team and how good we are, along with the the easiest schedule in the NFL uh, remaining schedule. I mean, did you realize that? Yeah. We have the the easiest remaining schedule throughout and which got made easier. And we're going to talk about it with some of the injuries that happened this, uh, that happened this weekend that we wanted the number one seed. So we get the easiest path to get to the Super Bowl. That's what it's about. And so while you are watching it, it's hard, it's hard to enjoy the game and what's happening because you get frustrated. And some of it is you were worried when we was three and three going three to three going into halftime. It's like, are we going to blow this game? So you're halfway uh, concerned also. Mm-hmm. And I think the booing though, when the team is playing poorly, the expectations The reason the booing is happening is because the expectations are set very high. So would you say that they're a victim of their own success that they have built up in the minds of fans that they're going to play flawless a lot of the time or most of the time or all of the time and fans just won't tolerate anything less than that? Yeah, because what we got to realize, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum, that each individual game is not collective. It's not like co- NFL and college are two totally different beasts. Where you got Alabama, this year is Georgia. Georgia's just steamrolling everybody. Every game looks the same. We whooping everybody 35 nothing every game, right? Mm-hmm. 
where NFL, you got it's not collective. It's each in your season is made up of each singular individual thing. You see what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. so you're not a good team isn't gonna whoop everybody 35 nothing every week. That's that's just not gonna happen. You're gonna have good teams lose to bad teams. Everybody is equal in the NFL. Some are better, but the uh margin of error are no, I didn't want to say margin of error. Uh well, it's just the best team isn't too much different than the worst team in the league versus in college football. Georgia is Georgia and pretty much everybody else. Maybe you got Alabama. Clemson's not good this year. Cincinnati is the number two team in the country right now. Shocking. And, and, and we all know, and the, and the rankings come out tonight as the recording, the uh, the college football rankings going to come out, and I will almost bet, I will bet a fat man that's what the old people used to say back in the day. I bet you a fat man that Cincinnati don't be number two. Hmm. So that, that well, I'm just saying all this to say lengthy wise that that hey Georgia is better heads above everybody. Where the best team in the NFL right now, and I think is who Arizona. Got to be Arizona, I suppose. Six, six and one, I think yeah. Arizona's up there. And so are they much different than the number? 10 team who's probably five and two also. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's not too much difference. So you can't look at it. Like I know all of us as fans want us to just go in and whoop every team 30 to nothing. Josh Allen throw for 400 yards and five touchdowns, but that's just not the way the NFL works. Right. And Josh Allen had a great quote about that very topic when he yep. said, we're not going out to try to be the best team in the NFL we're going out to try to be the best team on the field every Sunday. Right. And that's the way you have to look at it. Because if they start looking at it by saying, oh, we only beat the Dolphins by 15 points. We only scored 26. That that doesn't help. They're obviously going to look at how they can improve because that's the only way you can succeed in the NFL is by constantly trying to improve. But if they dwell on the fact that they didn't beat the Dolphins by enough, they're doing themselves a disservice and they're spending their energy in entirely the wrong place. But if you're Georgia and you have so much more physical talent than the next school you play, yeah, you got to take a hard look at yourself if you only win by 15. Exactly. And and because college is so much different because you have recruiting. Georgia, Alabama, SEC schools recruit at a high level. Me as a Notre Dame fan, hey, 10 and 2, 11 and 1, go to a New Year's Eve bowl. I'm great with that because we can't recruit at the level, and I say we as in Notre Dame, we can't recruit at the level that the Clemsons, the Florida States, the Alabamas, the SEC schools can. They're getting D tackles from Georgia that wouldn't qualify to get in to Notre Dame. We get a lot of Catholic school kids. They're mostly three star. Hopefully, they could be a four star player. Alabama has like 25 star players on their roster. Georgia has like 25 star players. We have like one. <laughs> we have like one. We got a bunch of four stars, but we have one five star who out of high school, you're looking at, hey, this kid is elite. This kid is a pro football player. We only have like one of those in our program or maybe two at a time. So that's the difference. Where in the NFL, everybody can play. Everybody gets drafted. Everybody get a chance to get drafted slots according to whether you win or lose. But everybody's good in the NFL. You can't say that in college. And what happens when a team is terrible? 
the following year, they get the first pick in the draft, so they get the most elite player, right. hopefully, that's coming out. So, yeah, it, it is a, you're right, a totally different beast. Right. Um, how did you feel, this going back to the Bills game, how did you feel about some of the play calling? For example, third and nine, Bills do a quarterback keeper, don't get the first down, kick a 57-yard field goal. What was your thought going into that? Do you think the Bills were planning on going for it on fourth down and were just using that to try to get a few more yards to make it more manageable? No, I think no, I I think we were planning to kick a field goal. We have probably the best kicker in the league in Tyler Bass. So I think at this point, we're banking on going for threes, especially against a team like the Dolphins. If it if it was like the Kansas City Chiefs or maybe Baltimore where we got to get touchdowns versus field goals, then I think it'll probably be different. Maybe we would be more aggressive. But at that point in time, we need to get on the board. And if you got a, a guy that's kicking fifty-five yarders consistently, then why not? So okay. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with that. Okay, so I'm glad you said that because this gets me thinking a, a little bit differently about this. So okay. you decide to run the ball on third and nine. You're running the ball in that situation because you're playing for a field goal despite the fact that you have one of the best offenses and one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So is that Brian Dable saying, Josh, we don't trust you in this situation to not lose yardage and take us out of field goal range? Oh, yeah, for sure. And you said, but the caveat of what you said was, we have one of the best quarterbacks in the league, but in that point in the game, was he playing like the best quarterback in the league? No. Okay. So I absolutely feel like, yeah. <laughs> okay. We needed to get points on the board. We're going, yeah, of course. Okay. So do you think that even though he wasn't playing well there, do you think that this is something that gets into Josh Allen's head and he says huh, they don't trust me in big situations. I would like to say no. He seems like an evil tipper guy, even though now that I think about it, I didn't even think about it until you just said it. You remember when he went to the bench and he was throwing his helmet and he looked like he was cussing and saying superlatives? I mean, yeah, maybe he was a bit rattled. I, I mean, I don't know. Those are the things. That's the reason why I like going to games and sitting close so you could kind of see those things. My mother pointed that out, and she said, I have never seen Josh Allen behave like that on the sideline before. He must have been, A, really upset, and B, maybe trying to get his teammates fired up. But, yeah, that was an unhappy camper. All right, so the Bills win. They're in fourth right now when it comes to home field advantage. With their, what is it, five and two record now? Yep. And whole lot. There's been a whole lot of craziness in the NFL this season, it, and it really seems to me as though anybody can beat anybody. And I, I know that's a cliche, but it, it's been happening. You like you mentioned, the Jets beat the Bengals, who were four and two going into going into Sunday, and the Ravens end up in first place on their day off at five and two. Uh, mm-hmm. If you look over at the, um, at the NFC, 
Well, it looks like the top teams in the NFL are all coming from there. You've got you've got four one loss team, four one loss teams, and two two loss teams. One of those being the Buccaneers. Another one being the Saints, who played each other. Very exciting game over the weekend. But we were texting each other, and yesterday you wrote, "Man, there's been a sea change in the NFL." Yeah, I mean, I was I was just looking at the biggest thing that came out of this weekend is uh, Derrick Henry getting hurt, and they're talking about him being out for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and that's number one because if if he doesn't play for Tennessee, you almost got to think they might not win another game. How important he is to their offense. So he's not out for the year yet, but he's going to miss substantial time. And they brought back. The incomparable, the immortal Adrian Peterson, Hall of Famer. In oh, way. Did they? Yeah, they signed him yesterday. Yeah, yeah they probably a smart Adrian move. Peterson. Yeah. And so you got to think that they're going to take a couple of steps back. Um, I never wish injury on anybody, but I wish we didn't have to face him, you right. know, a couple of weeks ago. But that's definitely going to affect uh, Tennessee and their standing. So. Maybe we can move up from fourth to something higher. Then you got Jameis Winston. He's out for the year. Although his backup came in and played admirable and pulled out the game versus uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady, he's out for the year. So how does that affect Thanksgiving Day in New Orleans? I mean, mm-hmm. everybody pretty much, pretty much felt like that we were going to win that game anyway. I don't know, but I definitely feel better about playing against a backup. Right. So the landscape is very fluid, ever evolving, and uh, we just got to keep plugging away and getting wins. You have the Patriots, who are four and four right now, who are on a two-game winning streak. Mac Jones is playing better, and don't look now, but they are only a game and a half behind the Bills in second place in the AFC East. Shocking. The Chargers, yep. who started off so well, have lost two games in a row. They're now four and three. The Raiders, who lost their head coach, continues to win in his absence. Right. Unbelievable. Yeah, um, I was really cheer- I was really rooting for the Chargers because the Chargers was playing uh New England. I was mm-hmm. really rooting for them to be I don't I don't like New England being this close. No. No. And the Bengals, who looked like they were going to be a good team got absolutely stomped by the Ravens, 41-17, and then they lost to the Jets this past week. So Mm -hmm. everything I thought I knew about AFC football is out the window, and I keep waiting for the 4-4 and Chiefs to turn it on. They haven't yet, but can you ever count them out? They skeeted by (laughs) Giants yesterday at home on Monday Night Football. They mm-hmm. didn't look good. They won, but they didn't. I, I wouldn't definitely because they were trying to talk about this morning on all the show. All oh, the Chiefs back. Mahomes is back. And I'm like, you didn't watch the same game I watched. I was <laughs> like, the Giants easily could have won that game. And the Giants is one of the scrub teams that I always talk about. So, And then Kansas City, and I'm talking about uh, the Bills having one of the easiest remaining schedules. Kansas City has the hardest remaining schedule. Man, they have a gauntlet coming up the rest of the season. So I don't – if Las Vegas keeps um, winning how they're winning, I think they're going to take that division. So I don't think Kansas City is going to be able to catch them. Oh, man. So 
Kansas City's next three games, Packers seven and one, Raiders five and two, Cowboys six and one. They can lose all three of those. Easily. They they could get destroyed in all of those. Yeah. And then they have a little bit of a reprieve going to Denver after that. But those are tough three games. And uh, they're traveling to Vegas, playing the other two at home, which of course is to their advantage. But I'm not, I'm not putting my money on the Chiefs to really improve the record anytime in the near future. Um, I'm just glad, frankly, I'm just glad that the Bills are not playing in the NFC this season because they're just—it's ridiculously loaded. You've got the Rams at seven and one in second place, right? Come on, man. <laughs> right. And, well, do they have the best division in the NFC West? Is that the best division in football with the Cardinals, the 49ers, well, and Seattle? Top heavy. It's top heavy because the Niners and the Seahawks only have three wins apiece. Okay. And uh, actually, the Niners are negative in point differential. So I, I don't really know how to assess them. And speaking of the Rams, you see that they made a trade yesterday uh, before the uh, trade deadline for Von Miller? Yes, for a second and third rounder. And when he's on the field, he's still a good player, man. Yeah, he got like four or five sacks, man. But, hey, they swinging for the fences, and they throwing all their chips on the table with that trade. Man, I love the addition. How do the Rams always find space under their salary cap to maneuver? And how do they still have – Draft picks draft left picks. that they can trade. <laughs> they have no, but hey, I love the fact that they're swinging for the fences. They're putting all the chips on the table and trying to win now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know if you know this uh, little caveat, but according to Howard and Jeremy this morning, there it was uh, said that the Bills was interested and made a play on Von Miller also. No kidding. Yeah, I heard him. And what do you think Bills, about that? I, I, I think it's. Great, you know, but you know, we always hear that the Bills are in on something and never pull it off. So I don't know what that tells me. I, I don't know what to make of that. I like the fact that we inquired. We just wasn't sitting on our butts. I mean, at least do your deal, due diligence. That makes me feel good that we at least did that. And maybe maybe that made the Rams ante up something more than what we were willing to offer. Well, they gave a second and third round pick, and I can't imagine that the Bills were willing to give that much up for a player who is A, currently injured, and B, a free agent at the end of the season. Right. Also, they would have had to do a bunch of salary cap maneuvering in order to get him in. Now, uh, with the what the Rams gave up, basically the Broncos are paying the majority of Miller's salary this season. So that would have had been something that the Bills would have to do because they're really up against the salary cap right now. But I like it. Mm-hmm. But but when are they going to actually pull off one of these trades? I, I don't know. I mean, it would be fun to think that we bring somebody in to help the team versus always standing pat, I guess. Um, yeah. But, hey, I mean, it would be fun to do it. It would be exciting. But, I mean, we have a good team. And if we feel like we ain't, we have somebody that can't help us, I mean, 
would it be great to bring in a second corner? Um, because for Levi Wallace, that'd probably be good, but with only or at least million, or at least some depth there. Yeah. But we only have what four million in salary cap right now, so yeah. I mean, it'll be fun, but I don't worry about it. I guess. Mm-hmm. There is a game coming up, and guess what? I'm going down to Jacksonville for this game. You're gonna be there. I'm going to be there with the DC Bills backers and tailgating and showing them how to do it down in Jacksonville. And here's my question. They're a one-win team. They beat the Dolphins. Do they worry you at all? <laughs> no. 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 It's like me wrestling with Jayla. Jayla's strong, but, you know, he doesn't worry me at all. I said one, we wrestle every day, and so I'm like, one day you're going to be able to beat your old man, just not today. It won't <laughs> It won't happen this Sunday, man. I'm not scared of Trevor Lawrence. I'm not scared. I mean, th- don't get me wrong. Any, any given Sunday, I guess, but no. There's nothing that scares me about them. If we come to play, we'll win. If we don't, we want to bask in the sunshine of Florida sunshine and great weather because I'm hearing this uh, cold and kind of rainy in Buffalo. So uh, if we go down there and want to enjoy the Mai Tais and palm trees, then we'll be in trouble. But if we come and uh, take it as a business trip, we will have no problem with the Jacksonville Jaguar. Well, on a positive note, it, the high temperature is going to peak out in the mid-60s over the weekend. So in Jacksonville? Yeah. Oh, well, you know, that's my weather, man. I love the 60s. Absolutely. I love that. I'm not sweating. I don't have to bring a towel, man. Anything over 70, I start sweating. So I love fun, how you man. always have your sweat towel with you. Yeah, when it's over 70. 60s, I don't need it. Ah, oh, man, I'm cold in the 60s. <laughs> so if you see a redhead, scrawny guy with hairy legs, Running around Jacksonville, man, go up and say hello to him. When you hear his sulky, soulful <laughs> voice, you hear him talking. He wears glasses, and he probably with a uh, a girl that looks way better than he should ever date. And then go up and talk to him and say, "Hey." Oh, I'm I'm not bringing my wife. So oh, she's not coming. Okay. Th- no, th- there will be there will be no women with me. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay, guys, trip. I got you. <laughs> so- <laughs> I got you. Hairy legs, he says. <laughs> <laughs> when you wear shorts, it's the funniest thing to me. Yeah, my uh, <laughs> my red leg hair <laughs> up against the, uh, <laughs> the snow white background. <laughs> hey, did you see um, on to other NFL news? Um, well, I got to talk about my Twitter beef with Sal Capaccio, huh? Yeah, do I need you to talk do. About that? Well, let, well, yeah, let's talk about that real quick. So I don't know if people follow me on Twitter. Um, you should. Yeah. I mean, I, I ain't going to say it was a Twitter beef, I guess. You know, you no. when you're on social media, you can lose stuff in translation, like the tone and what are you trying to say. But, um, yeah, the other day, and I texted you when it was going on, uh, the other day, last week, Sal uh, Sports – and the Extra Point Show tw- uh, tweeted out his top nine quarterbacks since 2018. Okay? So those mm-hmm. are guys that's three years in or less. And he had Josh Allen, one. 
Justin Herbert, two, Joe Burrow, three, Lamar Jackson, four, Kyler Murray, five, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Sam Darnold, and then Tua Tagovailoa, right? And so I've seen it. And usually I notice with Sal, because I'm sure we all follow him on Twitter, I notice that usually the first person that kind of responds, he usually responds back to him. And mm-hmm. so I feel I think I was the first person once he tweeted that, right? And then I said, I love my Bills dearly more than anyone else, but Lamar Jackson has a whole MVP by his name. And so then he quickly responded, so does Rich Gannon. Why does that matter to current rankings? And then I was like, oh, my God, he responded. (laughs) And so I text you, and I was like, hey, man, should I say this? Because I was about to say, because my first thing is I typed in this, and then I erased it. I was like, Rich Gannon, are you freaking kidding me? But then I erased it, and then I called you. And I wanted like, because I feel like we're in this together when it comes to, you know, this whole thing. So, and you gave me good advice, like, don't worry about it. So, once I said that, all kind of other people spoke up. Some people like, oh, you're crazy. Lamar Jackson ain't that good. Oh, Josh Allen's better than him and all this stuff, right? And so, uh, other people responded, and he kind of, you know, replied to them. But... I wanted to talk about it. I mean, I feel like I need need assistance with this. I don't know how to feel. Okay, well, lay down on my couch. Okay. And um, tell me about your bad dreams. And I will also <laughs> tell you that I may be in agreement because Josh Allen had one otherworldly season, one below average season, and one terrible season. Lamar Jackson hasn't had the terrible. And right. he has the MVP. Now, his MVP season, he did not put up stats quite as good as what Josh Allen did last year. However, Jackson has been consistently good. So I think if you were to aggregate all of the statistics and all of the performances, you would have more positive Lamar Jackson performances top to bottom. And so he said current. And so, excuse me, he said currently. And so I'm like, oh, okay. So you mean like right now, like live time. And I'm like, it's still not Josh Allen. If you talk about real life time, then you're talking about Kyler Murray being the best, aren't you? Kyler Murray's, yeah, been been the best quarterback (laughs) in the NFL this year. Right. And he's the eyes on favor right now to win MVP. So I'm like, okay, are you saying who you would start a team with? Because Josh Allen, 6'5", 240, got a rocket arm, I guess, as a prospect. But I was like, under no statistical category would you have him number one. And that's okay. And I wanted to say that when we were talking about Josh Allen and his play early on and him losing confidence. Mike Dick famously said, I don't want Pro Bowl players. I want Super Bowl players. And if we win the Super Bowl, then I don't care. And that's one thing I can say that he has on Lamar Jackson. Josh Allen did beat Lamar Jackson head-to-head in the playoffs. He mm-hmm. also has two playoff wins versus Lamar playoff one playoff win. But mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has been to the playoffs every year in the league. For four, you know, he's been in the playoffs every year. So statistically, 
Lamar has a beat. We beat him head to head, but I just didn't understand it. And I guess, and once again, maybe that was just a tweet that was like, rah, rah, we're winning. Let's, you know, yeah, let's all cheer for Josh Allen. I'm just like, and I'm not a Lamar Jackson fan, but I'm like, you got to give him his props. So mm-hmm. I don't want to turn people off, but I'm just like, I, I just didn't get it. So. Well, you're not wrong, my friend. And here is the beauty of subjective lists. We get to debate them, have conversations about them. And in the end, they don't really matter. (laughs) Yeah, it's everybody's opinion. And I guess his opinion is more important to mine because he's a sideline reporter. And once again, I met Sal Capaccio. He's very nice. Um, I'm a big fan of his. I respect him and his work so much. Uh, listen to him all the time, especially on Mondays after the game. So I just didn't know. I didn't understand. And, and that's one thing about social media because things get lost. Tra- like, I wish I could talk to him versus just reading it because that's all I'm like, how the heck is Josh Allen number one? Besides you know what? the fact we're all Bills fans and we root for him, I guess. You know what? This might be a great opportunity. Why don't you give him a ring on his call-in show? Yeah, Give I him thought. a ring on the call-in show and say, hey, we talked about this on Twitter. I want to flesh this out with you a little bit and record it and put it on Twitter. Yeah, maybe I will take the time and do that. Yeah, I'm sure he would love to hear from you. You're a good dude. He's a good dude. You guys have already met. I I mean, th- this sounds like it's the, the beginning of a great friendship. Perhaps. Just you're not allowed to uh, cheat on me with him and go on his show. I would never do that to you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so I um, I was actually watching the Wizards game last night versus watching Monday Night Football. Did you see who was on with Eli and Peyton Manning on their little Monday Night Football showy thingy they do on Monday Night Football? <laughs> yeah, sure did. Josh Allen on the Manning cast. Yeah. Emasculating Peyton. <laughs> Talking about his uh Peyton Manning said his son wears a Josh Allen jersey, Josh Allen on his back instead of putting Manning on his back. Yeah. That's unbelievable. <laughs> but hey, you know what? The kid probably never saw his dad play. Uh, or if yeah. he did, he was probably too young to remember it. Yeah, that's true. So um we should probably wrap up. I told you I took him to the uh, my father my well, my in laws are here in town right mm-hmm. and so I took my father in law to the game. Today is his seventieth birthday. Happy birthday, Dad! So he's spending it with us. He's leaving, going back to uh, sunny Florida tomorrow. So I just wanted him to sign us off. He's a Stark New England Patriots fan. Grew up in Pittsfield and uh, North Adams, Massachusetts. But oh. I want him to sign us off. So I want him I to give that. us the song. You think he could do it for us? Play us a song, Dad. All right. One, two, three. Hey! hey. hey. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's classic. So good. That's classic. 